0: There's a lot of emotion, let's just say that. So in every piece is absolutely a part of my heart. It was absolutely made with love. And that moment of revealing, that moment where the client that I've made it for first lays their eyes on it, like I actually open the box to someone. I'm not looking at the box. I'm actually looking at their face and their eyes. Their reaction usually is quite emotional, (laughs) which is so, so beautiful. And in that moment they fall in love with that golden sculpture but they've been part of that creation.
1: Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, I have a beautiful soul and maybe a topic that not many of you would imagine being spoken about on this podcast. But when you think about it, the essence of jewelry and having a bespoke piece made or understanding the manufacturing of fine jewelry, I think you'll see why this resonates so much with this podcast. Beautiful Vanessa Nock has been specializing in custom design and manufacturing of fine jewelry for almost three decades now. And she's been handmaking jewelry for clients with a deeper connection. Her love is to create quality pieces to commemorate special occasions, memories, and milestones. And what she's particularly passionate about is bringing your story, energy, and emotion into your very own sculptured piece to hold, admire, and enjoy. She takes you on a journey to bring a vision to life, to allow you to have what your heart truly desires. She calls this process magical. It starts with a conversation, a hand-drawn sketch, choosing all the details, then carefully creating and sculpturing this in precious metal. She says presenting the finished piece is one of the most amazing feelings and brings her so much joy. She's created a studio at home now. And the reason she's done that as opposed to a shop front is to give each client their undivided attention in her sacred space. She wants each client to experience what it means to create these treasured symbols to her. Jewellery is a moment frozen in time, and she is here to help cure your curiosity of your forever after creation. The unique golden sculpture becomes part of your legacy, and her name, Uniqueness, which combines the unique story and creations of her pieces with her name, Vanessa. I'm sure you're going to love today's podcast. If you would love to follow this beautiful soul, all of her beautiful platforms to follow her on are in the show, Instagram page, Kim Morrison, number 28, couch.com, for and beautiful and magic. I know you're going to love this week's show. Strap yourself and get ready to get all your beautiful, creative juices flowing as you could possibly create your own unique piece of jewelry with this. So perhaps, just perhaps, big momentous occasion, day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever it is, get on the phone to this amazing soul and create a masterpiece for your beautiful family. Take care, be kind. As to amazing souls, people who are truly what this podcast is about, this sweet, beautiful soul here in the Sunshine Coast, the gorgeous Vanessa Nock. Welcome, sweetheart. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a bit of a special thing to be talking about today because I dare say that most of the listeners today do have a love or a joy or a passion around jewellery, which you being a bespoke jewellery designer, I just think would be a really cool conversation. But more importantly, let's find out who you are, where you came from and how on earth did you become a designer jeweller can you take us on that beautiful journey
0: I absolutely can it is actually one of my most asked questions and a beautiful place to actually start so I'm from Bundaberg originally but I have been here on the Sunshine Coast just on 20 years this coming January so that's very special I actually knew that I was going to absolutely do something creative. Um, For a long time I thought I would like to be a hairdresser when I left high school, but I did actually do a welding course in high school. I did manual arts and I was the only girl in my class. That didn't bother me. Um, And it was a comment that a teacher actually said in that welding course he said Vanessa i think this is a skill you should pursue and i really stuck on to i really really enjoyed it it was something very different i just loved it and it made me think hmm, i don't know if i can hang out in hot leathers and goggles and things like that i don't know if that's my career path but i did think how could i how could it be and how else could it actually be utilized and I, I came to thinking about jewelry. So I was very artistic. I definitely, you know, did a lot of art subjects. I loved drawing. I loved, you know, colours and shapes and all that sort of things. So I definitely had a flair for that, which actually um look, you know, I then looked into, you know, a, a basically an apprenticeship or any sort of education around gold and silversmithing. So I did a uh, two-year course, um, sorry, I started off with an eight-week course between um, Christmas and New Year. So I was basically 16 and I knew I wanted to be a jeweler.
1: When you think about that as a 16-year-old, you know, most Mm -hmm. young people, I mean, God forbid, there's a lot of 40-year-olds that still don't know what they want to do. So for Absolutely. you to actually have a teacher say, I think you should pursue this, let's not mm. underestimate the power of words and what other people say. The moment he said that to you, did that hit for you jewelry in that moment? Or was it something where you went, I'm going to find something? I just, I'm just curious as to when someone gives you such positive feedback, what is the bridge? What is that gap that gets you to go jewelry?
0: it was it was definitely it was the the seed i suppose and from that i definitely watered it and and it wasn't in that moment it definitely came later in thinking about how else could this skill set be used and then looking into what would that mean or how would i get into it because it's certainly i mean you don't run into a you don't meet a jeweler every day it is a bit of a rarity and i think i think that even people that I've met and they've said, How'd you get into it? Um, and I've said, It's just not one of those, I suppose, careers that you just think of at the top of your head. So I definitely looked into it. So then I found a course where it was, you know, over a few weeks. And honestly, within the week of starting it, I, I absolutely just knew that this was my soul's purpose. And this is exactly what I was actually put on this earth to do. And that brings me so
1: much joy. I bet, I bet. How long have you been a jeweler now?
0: Uh, 27 years now. Yeah. yeah. A long time. It's basically
1: so, a big, big portion of my life. And when you think of 27 years, I mean, that's a lifetime, right? Yeah. So I want to ask you, the first, let's go to the very first piece of jewelry you created. Do you remember it? And if so, can you walk us through what that was like, that very first piece that you mastered?
0: Well, I suppose I, what I remember is the very first piece that I created with freedom. I, I feel like that may have had a little bit more impact because where I worked, like obviously as an apprentice, you certainly start off with repairs. Like at that point in time when I started, the charm, the charm phase was big in full swing. So a lot of my day was literally soldering jump rings. But that is such a great practice. Um, you know, to to those fine motor skills and and knowing when the you know the metal is at temperature and what sort of flame to use, like all the you know the the technical sort of background. Um, but I suppose yeah, the very first piece that I made, where I worked for a, a small um, family jewelers in the main street of Bundaberg, and I was given a beautiful Australian sapphire it was a, a round cut, and my boss the lady that owned the business she said um just draw up a design for this and we'll put it into the window to sell so that freedom of actually creating something where i'd actually you know envisioned it envisioned it and you know created it from scratch and hadn't been seen before um that piece in itself was very special it didn't even make it to the window because I actually asked whether I could buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you loved your own that work. Special? Yeah. Yeah, oh. so it was basically my first creation um, that was basically had that freedom involved and I felt like that's a it and my mum wears that now.
1: Can you tell us a little bit then about these precious metals, gold, silver, rose gold? Could you talk to us and explain to us what uh, the the joy is that you get from each of those, and which is your favourite? And then tell us a little bit about maybe the rarity or the availability. Tell us more about that because that's something we just look in windows and we see all this beautiful jewelry. I'm really curious to get the backstory as to where this all comes from.
0: Absolutely, you know the the materials that I'm working with are from Mother Nature's Earth. So that in itself carries such a beautiful energy. So, you know, the gold, we obviously alloy it with other metals to actually make it um, harder for durability to be worn. So I generally always recommend that if you're creating a piece and you want longevity, that you do invest in 18 carat is what I would recommend, or even platinum. So platinum is a separate ore to um to gold it's got a different composition it's actually a harder wearing wearing metal um, so if you're into white golds and things like that um, platinum is definitely um, the rolls royce of metals i say and 18 karat obviously comes in yellow white and rose gold the colour combinations of those three colours is so beautiful together. I personally have a preference for the, the white and rose gold combinations. If you have met me, you know that pink is a very strong colour of mine, which is quite funny because that only started um, when I started my business. Uh, pink become a bit of a, um, a, a colour that was always associated with, with that and with me, which I never wore beforehand. But the beauty of it, Kim, really is when you metal onto your skin it actually conducts an energy so if you wrap that up with a beautiful emotion or a connection and a story with maybe like I've made some beautiful pieces for people that where their family member may have even cut the stone so it was raw from the earth it was cut by someone that had a passion for you know, lapertory, um, and then it gets created into a special piece that is worn by loved ones. Like that becomes part of a treasure and a, and a legacy, and that's really the beauty of my work. It's the behind the beautiful adornment that it, it absolutely is and the creativity, but it's the meaning and the depth and the connection. That's uh, Yeah, that's what gets my heart racing for sure.
1: You know, as I'm hearing this, I'm just taken back to when my husband proposed to me, it was on Christmas Day and a plastic ring fell out of the cracker. And that's what he proposed with knowing that I'd probably like to design my own ring. We then went through the process six weeks later of finding a jeweler in Auckland, uh, Peterman Turn, and he was amazing. And we got to design the engagement ring and then, of course, the wedding rings as well. And where I had diamonds in the wedding band, Danny had rubies. And we just we got to watch these rings being made. And Peter actually invited us in at different stages of this. And I can honestly say to you, that was one of the most incredible experiences to watch This heirloom being created, but also out of love and and our desire to have our own unique touch to that, is that something that you have many people ask to do? Do they like to watch the process, or do you take photos, or do you yourself get real joy in that beautiful creative process?
0: Oh, I get immense joy out of that process. So basically, what I do full time is custom design for people. So exactly what you've just explained through your experience. So I love calling that the journey of creation and that is what I completely specialise in. So you could utilise, you know, something that you have had in the family or something completely brand new. So if you need to source stones, I do that. If you, um, even stones that have been, you know, around in families for generations, sometimes they need a bit of a repolish, they can wear over generations of time. Um, But recreating something even from an original, so it could be something that was even inherited, um, that's not quite your flavour but it has got to the point where it does need restoration or something and that's when we choose which is the best option for that. So, But I love sitting with somebody and actually getting to know them. It's actually understanding the person in front of me, what they like, what they don't like is just as actually important, how they want to wear it you know, what colours do they like, what suits them, all, that, all of that sort of stuff. It's a beautiful, beautiful way to actually uh, get to know my clients and make a beautiful connection, which generally is the beginning of a, of a, of a lifelong friendship many, many times. So um, absolutely beautiful way to create for someone and, and make something that no one else has. It is truly yours. It is truly unique. A lot of people actually say, how do you come up with so many different ideas And I truly am inspired by the person that's sitting in front of me.
1: When you look at that person and they bring to you, let's say, I don't know, like I know some friends of mine have got a whole lot of jewelry from their mother or an auntie or whatever. And like you say, they're not really into wearing that design. But one of my girlfriends got a whole lot of her mother's gold all melted down. And then she had a bracelet made for each of her daughters. Like, is that something that's quite common for a lot of people? And I mean, as I'm just saying that, I think it's just so beautiful and special.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. It's, it The connection stays within that metal. Like I say, it's the stories and some pieces of jury just change form but they still hold the same story. So this came from that or, or this was given to me by someone. So that person, you know, is still connected to that. And I do feel like it's sometimes people don't know whether that's allowed or they may need to be given permission. But I do say to clients that are unsure of what to do with, Either a number of things they have in their jewelry box that they've either inherited, but as we, as we evolve as people, our tastes also change. So there might be pieces of jewelry that you bought many years ago that you're not really into anymore. That you know you can absolutely create maybe like one big statement piece. I know I made a beautiful ring for a lady who had collected a number of generations previous to her, and she said I want to make a ring that I can wear but I do want to leave my twin daughters a ring each. So what we did is we made one ring that was basically a mirror image of each other that sat together as one, but they look beautiful separate. So they are two individual pieces that make one that can be worn separately. And then those beautiful twins can then pass it on to their daughters. We worked out that even just of what we knew, that was seven generations of connection.
1: Oh, that's incredible. And what meaning and how stunning for that family to have something that's so special and precious. I I just think this is remarkable. And, you know, there's so much. Yes, I know that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What some person loves may not be appealed to someone else, but that's what makes having a handmade bespoke piece of jewellery made is so incredibly special when you've when you've created these masterpieces when you've actually gone through the process and understood them and really got to know the essence and the meaning behind it like that story you just told what's it like for you handing that piece over like is it like a piece of you goes with it is it like there's oh. it's one of your babies like how does that feel there's a lot of there's a lot of
0: emotion let's just say that so In every piece is absolutely a part of my heart. It was absolutely made with love. And that moment of revealing, that moment where the client that I've made it for first lays their eyes on it, like I actually open the box to someone. I'm not looking at the box. I'm actually looking at their face and their eyes. Their reaction um, usually is quite emotional, which is so, so beautiful. And in that moment, they, they fall in love with that golden sculpture, but they've been part of that creation. So I have absolutely taken photos, or I didn't answer that before in your previous question, but that whole journey is absolutely recorded. And that's what I love sharing, firstly, with a person that obviously it was created for. And, and they're not even on my socials. I love showing the transformation from the before and the after and absolutely during. Um, I often say to people when they arrive to pick up their new creation, are you excited? Because I feel like I ask that question so I can gauge their level of excitement so I can truly show how how high mine is, I suppose. And it is kind of funny that a lot of people actually say they're nervous, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, no, that's excitement because we've got nothing to be nervous about. You know, like we we know exactly, you know, what we we've discussed all the details. There's nothing to be worried or nervous about. So that definitely got to be excitement, which has been an interesting conversation that I've been raising with people of recent.
1: It is actually, because for a lot of us, we get nervous. I just spoke at a big conference on the weekend, and I can honestly say I was so nervous beforehand. But then I thought I'd be really upset if I wasn't here. So I know I was nervously excited. And it was such an honor and a privilege to open this conference. And I just think for many of us, that nervousness, I had a beautiful teacher once say to me, the day you don't feel nervous about speaking on stage is the day you should stop doing it because it means you care. It means it matters. And I think you're right. That nervousness, that excitement is actually because it matters to us so much. And I can just imagine how they feel when they've put all their heart, mind, body, and soul, but then entrusted you to the creative process And that's something that really appeals to me when I understand it's not just everyday jewellery that you're making. Can I just change tact a little bit with you? Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert in this field, but diamonds. Now, there's a lot of talk about diamonds and and even man-made diamonds. What are your thoughts around the man-made or diamond harvesting? And how do we ensure that we're getting good diamonds and then maybe even go into what it means with the clarity of diamonds and the, and the um, I guess, the quality of the diamonds that we can get. Could you explain that to us?
0: Absolutely. It's a, it's a really big thing to absolutely understand very well. And I think there's a place, it's a bit like there's a market for everyone and, and a market for everything. So first of all, I suppose the trust aspect is that you need to absolutely trust whoever it is you're dealing with but also have some education around that. So they refer to lab-grown diamonds, um, is basically man-made, but they are actually grown from a a natural diamond. So that's the difference, natural and lab-grown. So natural is mined. lab-grown is exactly that. It is grown in a laboratory. It's basically the process that has been sped up it's a personal thing. I do feel I do feel like maybe the lab grown diamonds are still expensive. Um, so I I'm I am the believer of, you know, the natural Mother Earth and, you know, the process that it's gone through. I mean, you know, diamonds don't just happen overnight. Um, you know, they're created under intense heat and pressure, you know, the carbon atoms sort of crystallize, forming the natural diamond you know, under the, the earth's crust. So it's the romance behind that and I feel like that might be the biggest thing between them is the romance behind the longevity and the pressure and, and I don't know, it's really just so personal. So the clarity and things like that, that's not overly controlled even in a laboratory. They're still imperfections. So the lab ones aren't perfect. Um, They still have natural carbon marks in them um there's all sorts of things too like even diamonds that have got natural carbon much which is actually the the white or darker marks that are called inclusions in diamonds they um they are still in there and they've even been marketed as like salt and pepper so they've sort of been created where they're not perfect diamonds but they've got character and that's even a bit of fun as well they can be quite interesting looking and yet again still very unique so the beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder and, and the alignment of what you feel comfortable with and things like that. I am able to do whatever clients wish. I still have opportunities to, um, to purchase natural and mind, but it's seriously a personal preference.
1: And so that clarity based on those carbon imperfections or carbon marks, as you say, is that something, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the less carbon marks the higher the price and quality and the clarity is that how it works
0: yes absolutely so the clarity is how clean it is so that's like so no marks or not not um they refer to them as um inclusions and sometimes they they're graded to the natural eye so without magnification so a certain diamond grading would actually be um the letter is actually the color and the clarity so, you know, D, E, F, G, that's the colour, so how white the stone is and the new clarity is slight inclusion, very slight inclusion. So all the letters and things you see when you see diamond grading, those letters, they're basically referring to the, to the quality of the stone. So the cleaner and clearer and the size, which is also the cut, um, that all those things in combinations um, definitely uh, total that final figure.
1: It's incredible, really, and it's such a a beautiful process to understand. When we look at a place like Australia where opals are quite well-renowned here, what makes them not as valuable as such as a diamond, or is there a real request for things like opals or natural stones growing in our own backyard? Tell you, can you tell us a little bit about our own environment and what other stones we actually have here that are harvested for you to create beautiful things with?
0: Yes, well, we all know about the pink diamonds, which is very exciting, and unfortunately, that mine, that mine sorry, has now been closed. So, opals can actually still be very expensive, and admittedly, I feel like opals in Australia are probably a little bit understated because. The bet nearly the best of what's mined here in Australia literally goes straight overseas because that's where the demand is for it that's where the people you know are uh, the the people that are really loving it like they're they're not living in Australia, which is kind of a little bit sad. I mean my birthstone is actually opal I'm born in October for those of us um October babies, and admittedly it was only oh. A few years ago, I had actually done my first trip to Europe and I was actually going with my boss at the time on a diamond buy and we were actually going to Antwerp. So we were going to an amazing diamond cutting house where that's a really big um, predominant um, place to, to purchase stones and we were going directly to where they were cut, which was an amazing experience. But it wasn't really until I came home that I really even a, appreciated how beautiful and how lucky we are in Australia. I very much understood the reference, the lucky country. Once I think you leave and compare other other lifestyles and traditions and, and cultures and things that you really appreciate what you have because you didn't know was how, how different things could be. I actually came home. I had seen an opal just before I left, which I actually quite sort of fell in love with because it had a lot of the natural. It's actually a matrix opal. Which was, um, it has more rock in it than colour. So the beautiful blues and things you see in, in uh, what's called, um, you know, black opal. This had a lot of more rock with flashes of colour. Uh, but when I got home, I'm like, I actually want to have my very own piece of Australia, which was that piece of opal. And I wear that in a pendant now close to my heart because it was one of those, it reminds me then of that trip and how lucky I, I have been to grow up in this beautiful country of ours
1: what an amazing story my nana left me my grandmother left me an oval ring and whilst the design isn't completely what i'd love i i always think of her and i look at it but it's something that's just triggered in me that maybe i do get it made into something that i get to wear just not just look at it in my jewelry box so You've just triggered something in me with that. Yeah, because Well, yeah, isn't
0: that funny that it's these conversations that happen and that's why I love sharing even on my social media what I'm creating because it's like it sparks a thought process for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And even though you inherit something, it has been given to you and you are allowed to change its form if you wish. It's been given to you. It is in your power. It's your choice. And I always say if it's sitting in a drawer, That's not where it should
1: be. I agree. You you mentioned briefly that the opal is your birthstone, and we know that each month has its own birthstone. I think April is diamond. My daughter's very happy with that. Yes, Um, it is. They choose those, and mine's March, and it's aquamarine. And I I wanted a diamond, but (laughs) but aquamarines are pretty stunning. Exactly, (laughs) but they're pretty stunning too. Yes, absolutely. They are. And
0: they look stunning with, with diamonds. So that's okay. <laughs> um, I Look, there's a traditional birthstone and I think there's a bit of a new modern one, but honestly, it really is what brings you joy. And I always say that to people. It's your colours and your, you know, that's your choice, yes. And um, like I said, I was definitely in my late 30s before I even had my birthstone, but it is quite special. And I have recently just purchased a white opal, uh, which I'm um, planning on making into a ring.
1: Oh, wow. I can't imagine that. And so when you look at that white opal, all right, I'm going to really put you on the spot here. As you look at that white opal, then what color gold? I mean, you've already mentioned that you're a pink girl. Is that something yeah. you are already imagining in your mind that it's going to have yeah, a rose So or a I'm pink def- girl?
0: definitely going to be using rose gold as a pretty big feature, and I have decided I will put some diamonds with it because most colored stones look so the color is brought out even more by adding diamonds. It's like a beautiful contrast between a sparkle, and obviously opal's not overly sparkly. It's it's colorful. So the contrast between nearly, I suppose, the matte color of an opal with the sparkle is actually a combination. And you know, there's there's different color combinations that complement. So, like for an aqua marine, I would always recommend that you add white gold to the direct setting by the stone, because if you you can totally use other metals but what happens is it it actually hinders the colour so it can change the colour tone if you're wanting to change the colour tone that's lovely so rose gold can still look quite beautiful next to um an aquamarine but it does keep the colour more like the natural appearance if you put white it doesn't change it's like a neutral colour
1: That makes sense, actually. And then I suppose you can bring other colours around that, whether it was rose or yellow. I just think this is a beautiful idea for anyone listening. That imagine you've got a mother's mother and father's anniversary coming up, or a special numbered birthday, or something like that. What a beautiful gift to create something that's made with such love and care from someone like you. You know, we were in Dubai a number of years ago. My children, my husband, and I we went into Tiffany's in the Emirates Mall. And we watched a very handsome Arab. He was dressed in all his beautiful white attire and everything. He walked in, he had obviously an appointment. We were just we just happened to be there at the time. And he picked up a $200,000 US yellow diamond. It was huge. Wow. Um, and it was just amazing. We got to see him do that. And, and I was very nosy and said to the lady as he left, oh, is that an engagement present? She said, no, that was just a Christmas present. So I just can't imagine the amount of money. But what is the biggest carrot that you've ever worked with? Um, so I made a
0: beautiful three-carat diamond ring. It was an engagement ring, so that was beautiful. But it's just about the size, to be honest. It's actually about the meaning in behind it. That's what I always come back to. So even in my engagement ring, I actually chose, sorry, my wedding band, um, I chose to put lots of smaller diamonds to create a shape that had not ever been done before. So, I still love, like, I still have other beautiful um, solitaire, like a beautiful ruby and a beautiful grey spinel. But what happens is when the stone is actually really big, it's actually hard to put design with it. It becomes very classic and absolutely beautiful to stay classic. But generally, what I like to sort of do, and I suppose that's more the style of the jewelry that I create, where you can have lots of smaller diamonds and create something so spectacular. It doesn't actually matter what the size is it's the overall size of the piece that could make a statement but everyone has their own flavor and and obviously i've for those that have met me have certainly seen the size of my wedding band i never really intended it to be the size it is but i'm actually really happy what it is because it's like a symbol of how proud i am of the relationship and the love that i share with my husband it's is as tremendous as what that is. So I feel like, you know, these special rings that we wear every day is absolutely a a reflection of our personalities and things like that. And everyone's personality is different. So everyone loves different colours. Everyone loves different styles. But I do love showing people something that they've never seen before. That's the joy.
1: Well, when you go onto your website and Instagram page, you certainly get the essence of that. I just loving this. I really appreciate it. Do you have any stories or situations apart from a couple that you've shared already um that have really stood out to you over your twenty seven years that have made you realize you are so doing your jam
0: oh gosh there's there's so many like to be given the trust that is actually involved to be working with sentimental unreplaceable in their value in their value like the trust that's involved in that is is my absolute honor and I don't take ever that for for granted I thank every single person that has allowed me to create for them and and made sure that they realize what an honor it absolutely is for me for them to choose me is actually special I may get emotional because this is usually when it's It's that joy. I I really can't contain it. It is so special to be given that. I will tell you um, one more story about another piece that I created. It was actually for my beautiful grandma. Now her birthstone uh, was pearl, so she was born in June. It was a gorgeous pendant that we made for her 80th birthday, and we only just lost her a couple of years ago, and she um, was in her 95th year and to be able to create something so special for her in reflection of the family. So her birthstone was in the middle, was a beautiful cream marveille pearl, and to the top of that were three round diamonds set into little white gold bezels that represented her three daughters, and then some twisting yellow gold and white gold um, wires came down to another section of diamonds where they were in a channel all close together and they represented her five grandchildren. So the design was inspired by our family numbers and birthstones and to be able to create that on behalf of my family to give to her and see her wear it and enjoy it for so many, many years afterwards, um, I have now the pleasure of having that and I love wearing that and remind Mayor of my beautiful family. Oh, well. <laughs> It's just
1: incredible. Don't be sorry. I love mm-hmm. it because there's something so, so special about jewellery, and I think this is why I was so excited to get you on the show, is that it's a topic we don't really talk about a lot or until someone actually comments on a piece that you've worn. But there is so much beautiful costume jewellery and fun, cheap jewellery that we can wear. But I was talking to my daughter about this not long ago, and whilst that might be fun to wear, and, yes, you can buy um, fake, um, I guess, uh, forgot zirconias and things like that, there is something really profoundly important and deeply, um, I guess, rooted in us that when something has been made especially or it has belonged to somebody that we love, you can't replace it. You can't even put a price on that. Absolutely. so what is what are you working on at the moment, and do you have a vision for your beautiful, unique nest jewelry store and and business? Where are you taking uniqueness at the moment and and what's on the agenda and coming up for you?
0: Well, I have actually just recently moved into our brand new home, and I have a workshop set up in my home, so basically, you do come to my front door and then into the studio so I've literally just landed. I just said to some friends last week, I said, I feel like I've worked my whole life to be where I am right now. So I'm going to revel in that moment for a little bit longer because this space is definitely magical and I feel that I wanted to create a space where it was definitely a safe haven for people to really feel so incredibly comfortable to allow the feelings or or emotions that will come up because it is so sentimental. It is very emotional. And the moments that I've shared with honestly nearly complete strangers obviously when we first meet, is to create that space where they feel so comfortable that, that that's totally allowed. It's a it's a safe space for that. It's quite a magical space. People do walk into the studio and they see the tools run right in front, this is literally where it's being made. So most people don't even know what a jewellery workshop would look like or what tools look like or the process of it, and that's what I'm actually really trying to showcase. So part of my mission is to absolutely share my knowledge and but also to to educate and so why would i suggest using the white gold and actually explaining why or why i would suggest to the beautiful michelle faulkner that was recently on your podcast i had the pleasure of reforming a a beautiful bracelet that um she was given um at the time of this birth of her son and it was worn and we did change it I just suggested maybe changing it to a bangle which would then never wear out wouldn't be a a problem sort of down the track like why would we do this instead of repairing like so it's still your choice but it's always a suggestion and that's what I've learned over my you know vast career um, of how to present it and how to offer you your best option it's your choice.
1: Yeah, Yeah, very beautifully and succinctly. And I saw that piece on the show when we were connected recently, and it is absolutely stunning. I love the line that you say to me, a piece of jewelry is a moment frozen in time, and they will last longer than a lifetime. That is the beauty and the sentimentality behind pieces of jewelry, especially when we know they belong to someone we adore or that we've been handed them. I'm really curious to see from your perspective. Do you have an understanding of how many people have stuff sitting in jewelry boxes that they just don't wear? Or have you, or do you feel that people have become more aware of recreating these beautiful pieces into something they will wear? Or do you think that's still not even on the radar?
0: Look, it, absolutely all of that is true because I know the people that I speak to, they go, oh, actually I could do that. It was more like just showing or shining some light on the possibilities of what is actually possible. So, you know, to be able to recreate a piece from a number of items that you have collected or inherited and, like you say, as long as a piece of jewellery brings you joy, it really doesn't matter what the price tag is but once you've actually attached a beautiful emotion and connection and the people the story it, it carries on and and what happens is it actually becomes part of your legacy
1: i know i was talking to again my daughter saying that that every piece that i buy now Um, it might take me longer to get it because it's a little bit more expensive, but I'm wanting it to become part of my legacy. And I remember as a little girl, Ness, going through my mum's jewellery box, and I spent so long doing that. And I know she wasn't at all very wealthy in those days at all, but it was like every piece had a story. And I remember her going out with those pieces of jewellery on. And there's just something about, I don't know, you feel like a little princess when you put your jewellery on. From a man's perspective, do you do a lot of creations for men? And if so, what's the most common thing that you're creating for our beautiful men in our lives?
0: I do, and I love working with gentlemen, um, especially because I feel like there there's a lot of mainstream sort of looks maybe a bit the same, um, I even made my husband an engagement ring when we got engaged. So that's something that's uh, still doable as well. There's no rules around this sort of thing. And admittedly, I suppose mostly what I am making for is um, is gents gents' rings, like wedding rings, but they don't even have to be classic either. Like I actually made a beautiful more like a signet ring style so a signet ring is actually quite an old uh, traditional sort of gents ring where it might have had like a a black onyx a square stone or an oval um we actually made um a signet style so that sort of flat top band do you know what i mean as a signet style i hope Pacific yes I'm actually own. I'm actually thinking about
1: I think my dad had one. I was and just from your dad or your granddad probably. Yeah. One. Only and it had a little diamond in the corner of it. Yep they yeah. often had
0: that as well so it's that sort of style that I'm talking about so instead of using like a black onyx we actually used a piece of metal that had been patterned with different colours which is kind of another story I won't go into the depth of that just now but It was a rose gold ring, and he wanted—he definitely wanted something different, and he wanted a statement. He, and he was just really willing to show like his his flavor and his style. And I feel like that's a really big part of, you know, this is a lovely way. Like a piece of jewelry is really a reflection of your personality and your style. It can absolutely be used as like a, a beautiful way to empower yourself in everyday life. Like I was saying earlier when you put a piece of metal on your skin it actually conducts energy that can be very powerful like I have a beautiful ruby ring that I made um, that was actually in the window of where I worked at the time my dad passed away and ruby was his birthstone so I I suppose there's a connection there of a few things uh, stories in my jewelry box that's for sure but when I wear that ruby ring I feel I feel like he's even closer like I can hold that because I can't hold him anymore. So mm. that empowerment, like I lo- like, there's certainly like, oh, you know, Father's Day, I love wearing that on his birthday, all those sorts of things. So energy can be drawn from metal, and whatever that looks like, even for gentlemen, like I'm actually making a really cool um, cuff for my husband at the moment. I must finish that now. I'm putting it out there. It's definitely going to have to be finished very in the next few weeks, actually where he's actually come in and done a workshop experience with me where he got to sort of pattern that same sort of metal. So he's actually had his hands on it as well. So when he looks at that, when he wears that, he's going to know what it looked like even before it was started, which is really cool.
1: Gosh, it's so special. How precious. I'd love to come over and hang out with you for a while. I might come out quite well, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm curious, from your children's, you know, with with. When when our children see what we do for work, it can often be an inspiration for them. Can you tell us more about your family and then how they've evolved as a part of your business?
0: Well, they've absolutely been a huge part of my business. Um, unfortunately, I did lose my dad a few years ago, but he had his own business, and it's quite bizarre that I feel like I'm a very big mix of my mum and my dad. They owned their ran their own business in agriculture, but they were always so supportive of doing something that you loved, like something that you loved, something you were good at, you know. So, you know, being the only girl in my manual arts class, I didn't know that until I was there, but it didn't worry me. And I just, I, I was always encouraged to follow my heart and that's huge. Like the, I, I, I'm ever so grateful that I've had such beautiful support from my family My mum actually is a retired accountant and she lives in Bundaberg still so she comes to the Sunshine Coast once a month and she helps me with my book work. So it is possibly something I didn't know that we would share a relationship in that because I I have only started my my business only four years ago and she's been a huge part of that in in the belief and the support and, and now she's actually become a mentor and we talk about business and it's it, I definitely lead it very heart-led and and that that is definitely working for me and I love that and I'm I feel like I'm working for the people or well, creating for the people that I'm meant to create for as well so that's been a beautiful relationship um to share as well so it's actually given us more time together but it's right. given us even another whole platform to discuss
1: and what about the legacy that you hope to leave for your family
0: well i suppose I definitely think I'll be remembered for the joy and the passion that I have for such a tremendous craft like it's such a it really is such an old trade um that i that I loved it, and I poured my heart and soul into it, and I was passionate about it um and probably achieving things I didn't even know I was capable for, so you know <laughs> the second that you said, oh, maybe you should interview for I like okay." <laughs> I'll say yes to these amazing opportunities because it's actually about sharing the love and the passion that I have for this craft and, and educating people possibly in a different way where they haven't heard someone talk about jewellery quite the same way that I do. So, I
1: can promise you no one <laughs> does. I'm just so, I mean, I must admit when, when Peter made Our Ring some 30-odd years ago he had the same joy or that just that I don't know there's something I can hear in your voice that I noticed in him which was I think the word is joy just seeing the joy in our faces as we watched our pieces for lifetime the lifetime pieces be created and I just yeah I can really hear that and I I hope that this podcast really inspires our beautiful listeners to really think about the jewelry that they have, maybe look at recrafting or remodeling something if it is sitting in the drawer, and to really access that energy that is coming from each piece so that you get to enjoy it in a daily and very beautiful, maybe even spiritual way. I mean, to me, these are all acts of self-love. And so- let me just, sorry. And if, if we think about that from your perspective, knowing that jewelry making is such an exquisite act of love, what is your definition of self love, beautifulness?
0: Well, it is a, be, a beautiful way to. I know some I actually had a conversation to divert a little bit that one lady that I spoke to, she didn't realize that it's something that you could buy for yourself. She thought jewelry had to be a gift from someone else. And it broke my heart to hear that that's what she thought because I went, oh, my gosh, you know, you've probably, you know, in our lifetime, you know, it could just be a one-off where it only ever happened once in a lifetime. But I do feel that once you've actually had something created for you that is so special and you really do understand the value of what goes into that. Um, The longevity of that, obviously it's an investment in good quality materials, but it's the meaning behind that and how can you, like you said, how can you actually put a value on that when it, you know, it is such a beautiful gift. Um, My um, definition of self-love really is is the action of prioritising time for oneself and that's where we bring joy into our life in the in the choices in the investment of our time joy looks so different from everyone it could be sitting on a beach by yourself it could be reading a book it could actually be looking through your mum's jewelry box and actually discussing all of those it's that connection it's connection to self it's connection to loved ones but I definitely feel that you know, a piece of jewelry created for whatever reason it might be is a reflection of that moment in time where you first laid eyes on it, and, and the story from
1: behind that it it is incredibly powerful. Oh gosh, I've got goosebumps all over me. You, there's a lot of you've talked about the energy a little bit, and I've I've walked into antique shops and seen these beautiful pieces sitting in a cabinet, and you know, there's a there's a feeling good price tag on them. And I just, I'm always curious as to the stories behind the person that wore them. Or um, do you find many people pick up antique pieces and then maybe even bring them to you? Or is there anything along that lines of antique jewelry that you found particularly interesting over your time?
0: Well, the, the stories of antique pieces is absolutely phenomenal and that I encourage people to share the stories that they have with pieces, you know, like great grandma bought this in Egypt or, you know, she was there traveling, you know, make sure your family actually knows the stories that are contained in your jewelry box and even be really happy to start new ones. You know, like I I've, I've actually been really wanting to, my beautiful uh, logo, which somebody just printed on, an, on a thank you card for me recently, which touched my heart so beautifully. She gave me a thank you card with my own logo on it and it really made such a huge impact. But I want to turn that into a piece of jewellery, my logo. So even a business logo, and like, that feels like it's momentous of, you know, maybe that will commemorate, you know, reaching five years in my business. You know, it's just one of those things that you can really, oh, it can be such a symbolic uh, moment of achievement. But the antique part, I can still make jewelry that nearly, like it looks inspired by antique. Mm. Um, The story and the history behind that, like I say, that's got to start somewhere. So the pieces that are creating now are going to be part of the future. And so those stories and those connections and the styles, you know, Um, if people do like that art deco style or something modern but I actually love combining both of those looks together that can look really amazing
1: I bet I bet Uh, one quick question just from a um, purely practical point of view some people do sadly lose special rings or you know I had a girlfriend who took her rings off on the plane we were traveling back from New Zealand and she washed her hands in the bathroom and left her rings in there accidentally and it wasn't until we'd landed and gone through customs she realized she'd left them on the plane of course, sadly, no one handed them in and the person that would have gone to the bathroom next obviously thought that they could take them, which is sad because it was her wedding yeah. ring and engagement ring. But for people, do you recommend we take photos of our rings just in case something like that happens so that we could come to someone like you um, hopefully when we get our insurance back to recreate that? Is that something you'd recommend? Yes, so definitely documentation is really important on pieces and um
0: each time I make a piece, a valuation is absolutely included in that process. And while we talk about valuations, I'd love to just to share as a reminder for people, if, if you've had a, a, a very special piece and, a, and especially a valuable piece valued and you haven't updated that in the last few years because of the gold prices that have increased, if you haven't updated it, what you're, at, you're actually not covered in literally today's market. So if you actually had to make a claim, you wouldn't be able to replace it with the same value of what it was if it hasn't actually been updated currently. Um, wow. Yeah, so that's a real, and I've been actually not long ago shared that on my socials just more of as an education and a reminder that, that it's really important to have that documentation. And, and honestly, Kim, when you do lose something so special, it's very hard to replace. And sometimes I think, let's draw inspiration from what it was, absolutely, but sometimes it's actually lovely to just use that as an opportunity to create something something new and something that that may not have been you know your flavor then, but by all means, if it was a champagne diamond we we will look at another champagne diamond, maybe change the shape because. When you look at it, it can't be created exactly the same. If there is like obviously, hand creations, you know, they are a one-off. So sometimes it might be incredibly hard to replicate it, especially if you don't have it, because that's even harder again. If, but if you've got an amazing photo, there's certainly things you can absolutely do. But I always, you know, it it, it isn't the same. But you can definitely start, you know, create a new piece that is is so special and. Um, you know,
1: create a whole new story um, to go with that. Thanks so much. And I'm so glad we mentioned that because I had no idea. Yes. Um, can you just tell us? And again, this is not about confidentiality. I'm, I'm not meaning to breach that. But what's the cheapest piece you've made and what's the most expensive piece you've made?
0: Um, well, I suppose. The what it comes down to is the different aspects and elements, obviously. So the more gold there is in something and the more stones that are set and the more pieces. But admittedly, I I'm gonna say that one lady had a lot of jewelry that she'd collected. Like she was like uh very lucky to receive birthday, mother's day, Christmas, anniversary is always a piece of jewelry. So let's just say she managed to get a bangle made technically for free, but she used gold to pay for the the labour. So that was nearly like an exchange, shall we say.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Is it is it like, I guess I'm trying to give people an idea if they wanted to come to you, oh, not to be afraid. Not to, to be afraid, yes, absolutely yes. not. Yeah, Just because it's not. bespoke and handmade and it's a one-off, yeah. doesn't mean it's not um, a, it's not something that we couldn't actually create if we understood the process and the pricing. So, I'm really grateful that you. So you are saying that anyone could come to you. Yes yes
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah because what we can actually do is um is we we do literally dig through uh the um uh, the jewelry box and sometimes if you've got like a broken anklet or you know things that aren't you're really connected to you can actually use it as a gold trade so it's the value of that gold medal and you can create that but you can actually use that gold it does depend on what it is and the type of gold so we we make a you know a, an educated assessment of whether that will work and then this and all that sort of thing so um, but, you know, making a, even a beautiful plain band with an engraved date on it, that is still special and that's not ridiculously expensive. So it's I beautiful. definitely always welcome everyone for a conversation and we basically can work out and even a plan to work that out. I've definitely made beautiful creations for people where they actually bought the stone, they paid that off, and then we had a plan and then we, you know, like it It can, it was always, it's always worth the plan of attack. It may be a little bit longer to wait, but it'll always be worth it, believe me. Um, and then I think I do just want to mention quickly because you did ask uh, the most expensive piece that I've created, which is possibly one of the most unusual things I've created as well, was a opal bikini valued at $35,000. Wow. That's
1: for wow. How amazing yeah. is that? It's <laughs> a very that was- amazing. That was the other thing I was going to say to you. In your brochure, there's actually jewelry that goes on shoes. We're not just oh. talking about yeah, and clothing. This is amazing. Can you tell well, us a little those, bit those more about
0: earrings. that?
1: Those are earrings on a pair of shoes.
0: So, wow. that, and a, a lot of people have asked are these four shoes, and I was like, that is something that I actually need to do. I think, <laughs> think
1: jewelry so. for shoes. Well, I tell you, when I was in Dubai, I went into Sergio. Um, oh, I've forgotten the name now. Was it Sergio Rossini or something like that? And these shoes were stunning. Now they were gorgeous. Oh oh my gosh, they were the most beautiful shoes. They were two and a half thousand dollars um yeah so I I didn't buy them but they looked so good on my feet but they were covered in I'm glad that
0: you tried them on
1: yeah I so loved it and I took photos and I had the ball doing it but they were covered in schwoski crystals and they just sparkled like it was it's just beautiful and that was Cinderella story to me it really was. It really was. But, you know, speaking of crystals, rose quartz, onyx, um, all of these beautiful things that we can get, I guess you, if someone had a piece or a stone or some sort of crystal, they could bring that to you as well, and I, I imagine you have fun putting those together.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like it depends on how they're faceted. Obviously, you can get lots of, um, you know, rose quartz in Sort of crystal forms and things like that, but I do do a lot of work. Even with, um, I've put a lot of rose quartz beads and hang, hang them on the ends of earrings and things like that as well. Rose quartz is obviously such a beautiful stone, you know, connected to the heart chakra. So you know those beautiful meanings behind stones as well. And I love, you know, that's that's part of the story. And that's why I'm saying, you know, you can really you're drawn to a certain color, but you're also drawn to a certain energy of a stone as well. Um, and that's a really beautiful um, journey in itself to create something and choose the stone. I recently just did for um, a birth surprise birthday gift, actually. The gentleman was not really sure what color stone, but what a sapphire. And obviously, sapphires come in literally all the colors of the rainbow. Not everyone's aware of that, they're not all blue. Mm. And he, we did a sketch of a drawing, like so, a concept where he gave her the drawing for her birthday and then she was involved in choosing the stone and she actually went with the yellow sapphire. I actually just posted um, that on my socials. If you want to have a look, the actual ring is there. But you can see where we put it in a card. It was a presentation and then she got to choose the stone, which was really lovely and she loved that.
1: Oh, oh, well, let's talk about your socials and how people can reach out to you. Your name, Uniqueness, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us your website and all the social platforms so that we can follow you, sweetheart.
0: Sure. So the name in itself is obviously um, the unique part of creating custom jewellery combined with my nickname, Ness. I do sort of nearly say it as a separate sort of two words but joined together and even on my um printed business cards and things, I've actually got the Unique in one colour and Ness in a separate colour, but it felt like the perfect fit for the name for my business. So it is Unique Designer Jeweller is the full name, but um, the website is um, Vanessa Nock, so N-O-C-K. If you look that up, you'll find me. And, I like, my um, Instagram handle is Unique underscore jeweler and the same again for um facebook on linkedin um but yeah and even a website or a phone call i love um, hearing people's voices and actually having a chat with them generally before we we go any further because that way we can actually um sort a lot out already and
1: i can be quite prepared for when you arrive Oh, look, this is precious. And if you do follow Ness on Instagram, you will get the real essence. I love your logo. And I think that that is just such a special piece. Um, And I cannot wait to see what you create with that. I know with my business name, the word 20 and the number eight, I've always loved that symbol number eight, obviously for the infinity side of it. But in uh, New Zealand and Maori, that kind of number eight is also about new beginnings, um, new friendships and things like that. And I just I'm always thinking about, Wow, I should actually get myself something like that, so oh my gosh, I've been so inspired by today's conversation that I'm really wonderful excited.
0: oh that that fills my heart with joy, and it's really the inspiration behind other stories and sharing, which is exactly why I do love sharing the work that I do with those and the connection and the meaning, and I uh, just. It's it really just brings so much joy. It brings so much joy to me to create these special pieces. That to be able to hand them over and and them become such a special part of people's every single day life is 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 just ultimately.
1: Yeah. I guess depending dramatic. on I guess depending on the size or the the type of jewelry you're creating, are we talking days, weeks, months to create these masterpieces?
0: Yeah, looking at weeks. Yeah. So the process itself. So, you know, like um, the design aspect from really an initial conversation to drawing to even quoting time put into quoting. And, and I definitely value that. It's important to actually get that right as well. And I certainly value the time that I put into that and the, and the creativity and, and the way things go together. Like I feel I'm actually making, uh, golden jigsaw puzzles. And sometimes I introduce myself as a professional glitter maker. um but um the whole process here so then obviously the manufacturing I usually start you know making the setting for the stone and then build from the center out depending on whether it's um earrings is always fun because you've literally got to make an identical match to one earring that's usually a bit more time consuming um but then the stone setting and then the valuation and then the handover yes is a few weeks
1: Sounds divine. Look, I am so inspired and so excited for the work that you do and to just introduce you to these beautiful, amazing listeners of the Self-Love Podcast. I just want to thank you. And perhaps in closing, beautiful Ness, you could give us your favorite quote and a message to the beautiful Self-Love Podcast listener.
0: Sure. Thank you so much. Um, I think my favourite quote is probably a little bit cliche is shine bright like a diamond. But I also wanted to add in there, you spend your days doing something you love that you'll never work a day in your life. I know we've heard that before. And I don't actually know who, I don't know if it was able to be uh, credited to one person, but I definitely have led my life that way and created, I suppose, a lifestyle and um my you know my work is it, it how can i it work it is just pure joy
1: well it emanates out of your voice and meeting you and hugging you and seeing all the exquisite things that you've created i can honestly say that you will not be disappointed when you've find beautiful uniqueness our vanessa knock i promise you, you will not be disappointed you wait till you see her instagram page you will be blown away at her craftsmanship and her unbelievable talent I want to thank you wholeheartedly for being on the show, my love, and I really mean it. I will definitely be putting some thought into something that I would love to create that could become a legacy for my beautiful family, and I just want to thank you for inspiring the conversation.
0: Thank you so much, Kim. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I really am so grateful for the opportunity.